Big Queer Wrestling Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Hope Spot Clothing Company. Hope Spot are a brand that look to celebrate more inclusive world in professional wrestling, with money from each purchase being donated to a variety of different causes. Listeners to the podcast now receive 10% off using the promo code BQWPOD over at HopeSpotCC.com. Hello and welcome to the Big Queer Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host Jason Joshua. Today I'm joined by Chuck Mambo, who's trying to distract me on the camera. Um, Glad to be here. Uh, thanks for being a part of the podcast. Yeah, like I was saying before, I try not to keep it, try not to go too heavy, because uh, I don't think wrestling really needs heavy at the minute, which is why I think you're perfect for the podcast. I'll start it off nice and simple. Can you introduce yourself to everyone? Uh, how long have you been uh, wrestling? When did you start training? Well, I have one half of the Steam in rest, maybe even worldwide, the Sunshine Machine with my friends of the MGK Koopa. And I have been wrestling, well, uh, I tried it as a teenager. I honestly don't even know how many years I tried it for, but I sucked. And then I started again when I was 21, I want to say. The year was 2013. And now it's 2021, so I guess that would make it eight years. Then, I mean, does the pandemic years count? I don't know. Pandemic years do not count. If I take the pandemic plus the years I was a scrubby teenager, I'll say nine. Nine years. And a quarter. Actually, it's coming up to September, isn't it? That would have been my first Endeavour match, I think, was in September. So that was like the start of my second try at wrestling. (laughs) So... When you tried it as a teenager, did you just go along and go, oh, no, I'm not very good, and then leave it again? I don't, well, no, I went along for ages, I think. Like, honestly, I can't remember. Like, it was, um, uh, what was it, Pro Evo in Gloucester, and they were really cool school and everything. Like, they were great. I just, uh, I could only get there, like, every other weekend, mostly, because it was when I was at my dad's, and then uh, I didn't really take to it very much. I didn't have much natural coordination or anything like that. And I, didn't, I wasn't particularly disciplined in things. But also, I kind of thought, like, well, if you go to training and you do all the right things, then somehow the WWE will find you and you'll be a superstar. But, like, I didn't really have any of the understanding of how, like, proactive you have to be. Like, if you look back at people like Mandrews and Pete and stuff, they they probably started at around a similar time. But then they were, like, super proactive and had, like, a bigger approach to things, I think, which I can only admire. Yeah, so you came back at it at twenty one. What was the the change that you were like? Oh, I'll give it another go. To be honest with you, I never really like planned to stop or anything like that. I ran out of money for training for a while, and then um, I moved to uni in London, and I couldn't find a pro wrestling school, so I did amateur for a year, which was fun. But I also sucked that. But my God, they work hard though. But it's only once a week, and once a week is not really enough to train for amateur, I don't think. So, um, anywho, then I was in some place in Shoreditch in a bathroom, and I saw a sticker that said, Defend Indie Wrestling. And I was like, oh, what's that? And then I guess I must have Googled that or something, and then somehow, some way, it led me to, like, progress, and then from progress to, like, the Projo training school. And luckily enough, it was, like, half an hour or something away from me where I was living um, and I think at the time you could train like five days a week or something which was oh, nice. pretty exceptional 
Because um, I, I don't know if you find this, but I think like certainly once a fortnight is not even close to enough. Even once mm. a week, really. Like, not an, I feel like the best I ever was at wrestling, I was doing it like two or three times a weekend and then like twice in the week. And then, you know, then you're really like constantly thinking about it and feeling it. Your body yeah. doesn't mind being beat up so much because it's always getting beaten up. I don't know. Kind of get more used to it the more you're doing it. It's why everyone's suffering after lockdown. Yeah, All them, yeah. The first bump back after training, after the break, oh no, I thought I was going to throw up. So yeah, the more you do it, the more you adjust to it. So I get that. Have you, yeah. have you always been a wrestling fan? Or was it? Oh yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Man, yeah. Uh, when I, since I was like, or something my uh my best friend as a kid was a couple of years older than me and he knocked on my door with some wrestling figures and uh, was the rock and owen heart and i was like oh what are these because we played with like old figures and stuff and they turned out to be wrestlers so then i uh from there i think our big brothers were the same age and they were into rock and austin i think everyone liked austin but i decided i liked the rock even though i don't think i'd seen the show yet or anything like that and then um, went to a car boot sale and got WrestleMania 9. And everyone shits on it, but I think it was good. I just I thought it was good. Uh, but then again, I was like, fine. But um, I've watched it back and I think it's... <laughs> well, I can't say it stands the test of time, but I think it's entertaining. Um, and then, yeah, from there, I guess started watching, like... Yeah, most almost exclusively WWF for me. And then, like, later on, TNA. And then didn't really... I didn't have much of a handle on, like, the internet. I, mean, I still don't, as you know, from how much I've watched <laughs> this Zoom call at the start. But, um, uh, yeah, then, I mean, gradually, obviously, once you start going to, like... It's a black uh, hole, in it? Yeah. You suddenly see, like, a whole new world that had been invisible to you. And now, before you know it, you prefer the indies. <sighs> Yeah, no, I get that. I started as a purely WWE lad, and now I watch basically bits of everything. It's just ah, oh, great, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's just expensive, isn't it? Um, so yeah. <laughs> you mentioned you really like The Rock. Is there have you got particular favourites, or was or were you just kind of a everyone and every one? Um, probably Sky Too Hot. You know, <laughs> I think Sky Too Hot was the man. That makes um, a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, my my lame attempts at evidence. <laughs> but um, I mean, I, th- I always said Mick Foley, like Mankind was like my best, best, favorite, favorite. But I was like a big Hulkamaniac, and The Rock was always my favorite as well. And obviously Stone Cold, like basically all the ones that you're supposed to like. I just, <laughs> I just always like the people that TV told me to like. <laughs> yeah, nice. And then Van Damme, I really loved. I feel like a lot of the time when I get asked this question, I end up answering with different people. So <laughs> I think that means you're a proper wrestling fan, though, doesn't it? Like it, I if it always stays the same, you're not you're not watching it. Yeah, I think that probably is true. Yeah, yeah. But uh, maybe my memory's just inconsistent. But yeah, I remember like one Saturday morning watching wrestling and being like, "Who's my favorite?" Yeah, I think it's quite too hot. <laughs> Yeah, I think Scotty Too Hot is genuinely great, so I can get it. I mean, he's still training people and stuff, so he must have been doing something yeah. right. Chalkliner, um, releasing like some Scotty Too Hot themed stuff soon. I fucking can't wait. <laughs> have you seen all that Chalkline merchandise? No. 
I'll have to have a look though. They do all this like wrestling themed like shorts and trousers and shirts and jackets and stuff. They're so cool. But every time I go to buy one, I get like, uh, I don't know, like overwhelmed by choice. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know what to get. I really, I'm going to have a look at that now. So, slightly easier one. Have you got favourite matches? Like, have you got specific ones that you go to? Oh. Oh, do you know what I absolutely love? Is um, Golden Lovers versus Young Bucks from, like... I think it was a New Japan show that they did in LA? Yeah. Might have been in Japan, but... They did do do one in America. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was... I forget what all the different titles are called, but I'm pretty sure it was in America. But, oh, God, it was so good. Um, just, like... I think as tag matches go, it's one of the best examples of, like, having loads of different, like, relationships between... The, like, I forget exactly what it was. Like, Matt's pissed at Kenny, and then Nick's, like, the cooler head, and then Ibushi's just kind of in there as a mercenary, but then, like, once... Matt takes the piss too much on Kenny, then like Ibushi's like, blah, 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 blah. and then ah oh, man, yeah, just the whole thing. Yeah, oh, it was the whole crazy. Bullet Club is fine bit, weren't it? And they were like, we're fine, we're fine, but then they were fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And then they went and off and. BTE at that time was like so emotionally engaging. <laughs> like it was a whole ah, oh, and when they'd like do the bits with the sad music and stuff, like. It, honestly, I think it was like the best use of YouTube there's ever been because it made, well, and it made me and Teek sign up to New Japan World or whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah, it did its job, I guess. But I've never got into BT, but I've heard really good stuff about it. But now I feel yeah. like it's too late and I'm scared to like go to the beginning because I know they like, they kill Adam Cole and crazy stuff like that. So. <laughs> yeah, dude, I had some catching up to do because I didn't really know what it was. And then. I think I blazed through like a hundred episodes in a week or something, but I didn't pay like full attention to it. Like some, it, you don't have to pay like all attention to all of it, but yeah, because some of it's, it's just really worth it. Slight, slightly easier question. It still relates to matches. Have you got favourite matches for yourself? Because you've been doing it a good couple of years. You're quite well known. Like you've wrestled for Impact and Wrestling Revolver and Progress. Yeah. Uh, I know there's others, but now I'm having a brain fart. So have you got particular ones? Yeah. Um, I think definitely, like, always my go-to one that I say is my favourite is, like, either versus TK at Riptide or, like, Zach at uh, Strong Style. Because Strong Style was, like, um, my, like, one of my big goals for indie wrestling to be in Super Strong Style. And then I got to wrestle Zach, who was in, like, my first list of three people that I wanted to wrestle. Um, so like yeah it was like the perfect storm and I didn't like shit the bed too bad so <laughs> I was pretty happy with that um, that was a real good match actually if I do say so myself although I mean largely that's because the best wrestler in the world was in the ring there. He, um, he terrifies uh, me really? Gen- he terrifies I feel like because he gives off such a legitimate vibe I feel like if you're in a match with him he's going to break you and it scares me like Obviously, yeah, he's enough. very good at what he does because he kind of brings you into the point of like, no, I don't want to do that. But he, <laughs> he genuinely scares me. Uh, he's the man, dude. I think he's the best. Because <laughs> I, I, I do imagine he could legitimately just snap you if he wanted to. And, Probably, yeah. yeah. 
know. <laughs> it didn't have a lot of choice by the end of the match, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, then some of my other favorites, I had this one with Chris Brooks at Riptide, which I think was like a real uh, like step up for me. Like, um, what was the thing? He, um, apparently on the way there, he was like, I'm going to get some fire out of Mambo. And everyone was like, there's no way. He's too, like, chill. <laughs> but then he, like, slapped me right at the start of the match. And then the whole match was way better for it. So I will always be indebted to them. I got quite a few favorites, you know, because there's um, the Revolver one you mentioned against Ace Austin. That was, like, ah, that was so fun. Um, just because the atmosphere at that crowd was fucking amazing. And then, um, obviously, being on Impact was, like, sweet. I got to be in there with like. I just remember you popping up on one of the shows and being like, oh, I know him. Because it was an X Division multi man match. Yeah. And it was just, it was like, oh, how did he get there? And it was really cool (laughs) to see. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it's a quite long story, I guess, one way or another, but um, uh, it's still fun. Um, But yeah, no, it was real cool. Uh, Especially getting to like. Obviously, wrestle with people like Pete Williams in it, but I, I don't think we actually touched probably. But it counts. Still you still got to be in a match. Yeah, and also Wentz from the Rascals was in there, and we like knew each other from Fight Club and stuff. And he was just like a real dude about. I was trying to be like proactive, but not like I should get all my shit in. So I just kept on like pitching spots, like, hey, we could do this if you want to. And he'd just keep being like, I like that spot. Let's put that in there. <laughs> so he is like a real dude about. Good having a mate in your corner. How? Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna lean in and ask about it. How did that happen? How did you? What happened to get you to America and then to get you on a couple of Impact shows? Yeah. So um, Scott Demore trained Eddie Dennis, and me and Eddie. Well, I used to drive Eddie. <laughs> You're in gear then. <laughs> oh no! Um, I just live in uh, vests. Ah, uh, dude, that is smart, because i got to get into the best. It's my armpits. Do not deal well with the summer. But, um, anyway, where was it? Yeah, me and Eddie, we used to, well, I'd drive. I, I, I wasn't up really the coach. But um, I'd drive us to Leighton Buzzard to, like, run training at um, Sacrifice Pro. And then yeah. one time, uh, what was it? Yeah, Scott Damore and Don Callis were in town. And so uh, Eddie was like, oh, do you want to like come see me run a training session? He's like, he trained me, and then you could see how I train people or whatever. Um, and then I think he didn't want them to have to get the train home because training was quite late. So he's like, oh, Amanda, can you drive them to their hotel? And I was like, yeah, of course, yeah, I'd love to. And um, like for the first maybe half an hour, I was like trying to be like picking their brains about the business, but I guess they were just absolutely knackered, which is really fair. So we didn't actually talk like that much for most of the trip. But then, towards the end, we're having a good old laugh, you know? And then, um, and then, uh, what happened after that? Yeah. So, Fight Club took me to WrestleMania weekend in New York. And they were like, oh, yeah, we'll try and get you on some other shows as well. And they uh, put me on pancakes and pile drivers. And Sammy, I guess, had been flown over. I think Fight Club might have been, like, one of the early places to bring him to the UK. So, he was, like, paying back, like, oh, dude, yeah, like, we'll have him on. And, like, if you want, he can, like, come out for the summer and um, just, like... I think the initial plan was that I'd stay at different houses for, like, a week at a time and, like, go all around the place. But I ended up spending, like, six weeks at um, Sammy's, which, thank you, Sammy and Jess. Um, uh, And 
some stuff booked, and then a lot of it was just kind of see how it goes because I didn't want to come to uh, the impact tapings as a Euros. So I went along, and then uh, luckily enough, Scott and Don like remembered me, and they were like real, real nice. And I spent the first day or the first taping or something, like just kind of following Jimmy Jacobs around like a shadow, <laughs> just like being like, oh, how does creative work? <laughs> how does production work? And uh, he was a sport about it too. He didn't like tell me to fuck off or anything, <laughs> which must have been quite patient of him. Yeah, it was. It was quite a weird one because I. I'm on and off with Impact, so I'll watch it for a bit, stop watching it, watch it, and it was one of the phases where I'd started watching it again, I was like, I've seen him, yeah. like, I've seen him on Fight Club, I've met him before, like, what, this is weird. <laughs> They're letting anybody on these days. <laughs> I thought it was Ace, because I think you're great, that's why I asked you to be part of the podcast, so, um, was there any more plans to go back to America before, like, covid kicked everyone in um, the teeth I guess so like nothing set in stone really but definitely I'd be keen to for sure um just trying to think really yeah I mean yeah that was like informal loose plan with no like real dates set or anything like that but then definitely um uh Covid did certainly get in the way <laughs> yeah. but hopefully now that things are opening up a little more it might be somewhere in the pipeline I don't know Fingers crossed. <laughs> so things are things are easing up. Hopefully they stay eased up. God knows at this point what's gonna happen. But if things stay open, what's what's the plans for you going forward? Have you got plans for the rest of the year, plans into twenty twenty two? Specific um, goals? Well, yeah. I, one, I, one of the matches I meant to say uh, as my favourite match earlier the many, many favorite matches. But um, me and TK wrestled in uh, Denmark against Alessander and Emeritus at um, Body Slammers. And it was the fucking funnest. And also, actually, one time me and Pasta wrestled there as well. And it was the funnest, as well. like they have just the best crowd. And I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that by the end of the year, we'll be able to like sort something out where we get back to Denmark because they are honestly super fun. Um, and then outside of that, I mean, like, we've been doing some pretty fun stuff with RevPro and obviously, like, progress on, uh, uh, like, tapings. Um, so hoping to keep that stuff going. And then, yeah, just, like, um, picking up, I think we got one in Wales uh, the weekend after next or something. And then, oh, I've got my got my little pig calendar right here, actually. Um, keep track of it all. <laughs> Yeah, Kamikaze, EWA, we get to finally defend our tag team championships. We're like the longest reigning, non-defending champions ever. How long have you had them because of COVID? Has it been like 800 odd days? I guess it must have been about that. Yeah. <laughs> but we're defending them against Johnny Storm and J.D. Fleisch, which is like nuts. How oh, that's sick. That? That's awesome. Yeah. How, how did your tag team come about? Was it just friends that were like let's let's do this yeah basically yeah we ended up like um being on loads of the same shows i guess because we were like both came through the progress school at similar times and stuff even though tk was like way better than me but um yeah and then because uh, we'd always been like in the car together and things we always talk about being marks for bte <laughs> and then um we were like oh it'd be cool if we could make something like that 
so then we started like making kind of a like wrestling vloggy type thing and we called it escaping the mid card as like a humble parody um but then once you had that people were like oh can you guys tag on our show and um then we were like oh, oh yeah well, yeah all right <laughs> uh and then before you know it we preferred um tag wrestling to singles wrestling and now i don't really have much interest in singles wrestling at all <laughs> yeah nice i love tag wrestling so well, that's not- Sorry? I love tag wrestling, so I love seeing all the different teams pop up, and like I've seen you've done stuff in Progress, Rev Pro, like you're kind of popping up everywhere as a team now. Yeah, I feel like we're hitting a lot of the big ones, baby. <laughs> so hopefully we'll just be like real busy with tag wrestling because I, I I didn't mean I have no interest in singles wrestling. I love singles wrestling, but like it's way more fun when you get to do. There's just more people in the ring, so there's more chance for excitement. Yeah. And if <laughs> you, you get to team your best mate, like... <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah I, yeah, I completely agree. Tag wrestling's great. Um, I'm getting through my list of questions really quick, but uh, it happens. Gonna, gonna, <laughs> so, I can ask you questions. Oh, no one wants to hear that. Um, <laughs> My next one is... I, I ask everyone, but it... It never really sticks to the numbers. I say three people, but it can be less, it can be more, that you think people should be watching. So you would recommend them go find a match, go find their Instagram. Just... Oh, cool. The first thing comes to mind is Danny Black, you know, but I think people probably are already watching him. So I hope that <laughs> doesn't sound like him. But I think he's the man. He's just fucking great. <laughs> so if you're not watching him, then go watch him. But you probably already are. Um, who else? I mean, yeah, I can't really say Kanji because she's literally been like progress champion now. So, <laughs> Versage said her. So, it's just about uh, mentioning good people. Not everyone watches progress. Not. <laughs> um, no, wait, no. She is. Uh, she must be publicly progress champion now, right? The tapings. Um, I think she's vacated. Uh, I think. Bummer. Alright, well, as long as I didn't give away any spoilers about her winning that. Then I don't think right. you give away any spoilers. <laughs> Can you tell I'll me much the product? I'll um, be careful. I'm pretty sure you haven't. And But for everyone listening, this doesn't come out for two weeks. So even if you have, I think we're covered. I think we must be. Oh man, that's good, though. She's so good. Yeah, anyway, my point being, that's another one, kind of, like, people must already be watching, like, more people must be watching her, she's been progress champion for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> or not, but, um, yeah, but she is absolutely amazing. And then, uh, I'd say Greedy Souls, but I, I feel like everyone that I'm saying already probably has a lot of, oh, you know, Tate May fans. Greedy Souls, definitely, yes, but, again, there's already, like, loads of eyes on them, like, Red Pro, Danny's in, maybe, the WWE, <laughs> uh, Brendan's like at Rev Pro all the time. But yeah, Tate Mayfans. He's definitely a good one to watch. He's so funny. He does this weird. He's not like a comedy wrestler, but he's just such a big character. <laughs> he did this thing one time. I saw him like slam somebody. And before he went over, like, they must have been like a couple of meters away for the pin or whatever. And he just crawled over like, ah. <laughs> it's the weirdest, funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you want in wrestling, though, isn't it? So I get, that's what you want. That's I completely I want. get it. <laughs> Ooh, and um, 
in there though, I gonna I'm gonna stop prefacing them. Nico Angelo, you should just watch Nico Angelo because he's mad. Yeah, he's Dragon Pro, isn't he? Yeah, well yeah. he was a chap. Um, and I guess Dragon Pro, yeah, yeah, and all over the place, really, I think. But um, he's great and really nice. Awesome. I love him. It's not really a question I ask most people because you're a lot happier than most people. How how are you always so positive? Like, <laughs> it's it's a great thing, and I know that question sounds really silly, but is it something? Uh, are you just naturally a really positive person, or is it something that you just sort of push yourself to do? Nah, I got It's kind of a cheat. I think I must just have like a lot of serotonin or dopamine or whatever it's there's not much of an art to it for me <laughs> i think I, I mean well yeah there is obviously the the luck of being just born in like a good country to be born in and i guess i just had a pretty easy life maybe maybe that's kind of spoiled of me but um uh i guess loads of my like favorite people that influenced me like Kel from Keenan and Kel and just stupid wrestlers and like happy ska punk music and stuff. <laughs> Everything uh, just kind of makes me happy. And then I've been like, you know, lucky enough to pursue something as kooky and smile making as wrestling. So that's kept me uh, pretty good and been lucky with good friends, you know? Every yeah. now and then you think like, oh, well, you know, it's easy to be happy when life is good. <laughs> But if you can be happy when life's kind of kicking you in the balls, then that's good too, I guess. I don't know. The, the way I view it is, I've, I think I've met you face-to-face -face once. We met at um, Full Force Wrestling. You were watching TK Cooper was wrestling in, it was either a five or a six-man match. Uh -huh. And I remember watching it and meeting you for the first time. And you were the most chilled out, happy person I think I've ever met. And then we were setting down at the end and it was like midnight to one in the morning and you were still just as happy and just as chilled. The only other person I know that's as happy and as chilled as you is August Jackson. Ah, what a great dude. Because both of you are just constantly happy and constantly smiling and it's great and I wish more people would like it. But it's, yeah. I don't know, I'm quite, I have resting bitch face. So like seeing people that are happy all the time, I like seeing it, but no one believes me. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, life is tough though. Can't, can't, you know, it's, it's all well and good being happy and I'm very glad that I am. But like, I think sometimes people are a bit hard on people that aren't happy or something like that. Mm. Like, I'm sure if they had the choice, they would choose to be. But like, life's not always that easy. Yeah. So, but... Around wrestling, it's just one of those things where, like, even I used to think, like, if I didn't make it to the big time, then it would have been a waste of time. But now I'm like, ah, even if I never wrestle ever again, just being like around your friends at one in the morning, packing down a ring, is <laughs> so stupid, yeah, and wonderful that, like, it's pretty hard not to be happy on, on a day or activity like that, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Can't even argue that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what did you do? Because were you wrestling full time before COVID? No, no. Before COVID, uh, let me think about it. all that time ago. Oh yeah, I would. Uh, I 
I guess wrestling was like a little more than half of my income, maybe like three quarters. But then also I uh, I'd babysit my friend's kids. <laughs> nice. That's Although, something I could yeah easily imagine you doing childcare. Yeah, that makes a lot yeah, of it's sense. Fun. <laughs> kids are funny. I met them when I worked at like the university nursery, and that was a fun place because I was like bank staff, so you didn't have any real responsibilities other than to like keep the kids, you know, alive and entertained. Engaged. Yeah. So you could just like spin them around and stuff. <laughs> and toddlers are like the prime age of humanity. I think they're so funny. I think that's when evil comes out in toddlers. Because they're fun, like they're great. I've got two young nieces; they're amazing, but they're also very honest. So they'll be the first person to tell you you're ugly, or to tell you you've put on a bit of weight, or to tell you you've <laughs> lost a bit of weight, or that your hair's going. Like toddlers uh-huh. can be evil, but it makes a lot of sense. You saying that you did childcare, it like an incredible amount of sense. So with the eighteen months. <laughs> With the 18 months off, what what did you do with yourself? If you don't mind me asking. Well, Obviously, it was a hard yeah, time for people. For, um, honestly, for like the first month or something, I was just locked down at my girlfriend's and she, um, she was like supposed to have been on holiday, so she had two weeks of holiday. And we just like lived the high life. <laughs> just like hanging out every day and partying. Well, not partying, but like, you know, kind of partying. And, um, and just hanging out. But then uh, obviously she had to actually do work. And I still, um, I'd start selling paintings on my merch store. So I said, like, if you say three things, I'll paint them for like 15 quid. <laughs> but what I didn't realize, I thought that would be like funny and it would be charming because it wasn't a very good painting or whatever. But then I'd get like really into it. And then I'd spend like the whole day making these paintings. <laughs> so my like day weight was like 15 <laughs> But that was all right, to be honest with you, because it was still good fun. Um, and painting is pretty enjoyable. Um, then there was, I guess there must have been just a lot of watching TV. And, um, but it was cool because, ah, oh, yeah, that was, they had um, a balcony. And you could just sit out and like, watch all the different cats and stuff. So that was cool. Um, what else? Ah, there was like, oh yeah, the reset lab. So like, Kara and Claire run um, yeah the the reset lab. It's play play fight London now. But say so like four nights a week, I think we'd be doing like <laughs> in this tiny bedroom, really pissing off the neighbours and stuff. Um, doing like uh, just handstands and cartwheels. Uh, quite a lot of the time it was in the park actually in the end. But it was so so good, you know, like some of the stuff. I don't know. It was like hard and challenging and fun, but I couldn't really see how it was gonna make me stronger. But then, you know, you trust someone who looks like Tom or Claire, <laughs> and yeah. then uh, sure enough, by the end of it, I was like, "Oh shit, that's, that, yeah, that was cool." And then I went to um, their like gymnastics session the other day, and I've been like petrified of um, back handsprings because I landed on my head one time doing one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, just the way they like break it down and support you, and uh, I cannot recommend them enough. They they're great. So that was a really good thing about lockdown, actually. Um, and then obviously, me and TK tried to make um, Isolation Pro or whatever it was called, where we like would fight each other from different houses, um, and we did me v TK 
and then we did me the Eddie. But then after that, I don't know, like the neighbors downstairs were getting real pissed off, and oh, <laughs> it became a little tricky. <laughs> but it was fun though. Um, and then what happened? In that time, I think my landlord sold the house that I rented. So, then, oh yeah, then I moved into the casa with TK. And then I picked up a job in a special needs college, which was cool. Um, and then, what was that? That must have been up till like January or February. And then now I'm working with mental health charity. And then uh, I guess next stop is just being a world famous wrestler. Nice. I think you're doing pretty well at that. Um, slightly, <laughs> slightly random one going back to what you were saying about um, Karanoir and his, I want to say girlfriend, but it might be wife, I'm not sure. Someone told me that he doesn't go to the gym. It's just from all the stuff he does. Is that true? I, um, yeah, from everything I know, he does, like, pure calisthenics. Which is insane, because he's... Which is a bit wild, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw him doing, like, a handstand for, like, fucking ages in the yeah. locker room at progress and his like you know the way like people want those like vascular arms his back was like <laughs> shredded with like veins and stuff I was like he's, I don't know yeah he's not to go on about someone else because I'm interviewing you he's my favourite live match ever the favourite match I've oh, seen yeah, in person I... ever he wrestled at a place called Iron Fist and he's just uh-huh. he doesn't stop he's insane and now you've got me talking about it so I'm going to but yeah, he was. Yeah, it just great. Yeah, he doesn't it's seem to. Yeah, no, he really, it it is. It's he's got such a different view of it. But then his cardio is insane. But then he's really strong. But then he's got a completely mm-hmm. unique character, and it's like that's just scary. But to be yeah. fair, you fall under the same thing. You're insanely athletic. I think people. Don't expect you to be as strong as you are. Probably. <laughs> and you've got a completely unique presence about you. Ah, I don't think thanks, there's. Man. I don't think there's anyone else that's like you on. That I know of. Well, right. Yeah, I think I you. It's what you want in wrestling, isn't it? Unique, and I think you make the most of that. Ah, thanks, dude. Yeah, I guess I'm just lucky, like that. Managed to get away without having to do a real character. Could just kind of be me and excited. So. <laughs> I I did wonder that. I did wonder if it was a f- a fully made up character that you just did on shows, or if it was you. And then I met you once, and I was like, oh, it's it's him. It's definitely yeah. him. Like that's not just put on for a show. No, Smallman told me to like go with, he was like, I bet you're in a surfboard, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like, okay, well, like, you know, just be a surfer guy. <laughs> and um, I try, I think like, if you watch my earlier stuff, I was like pretty hokey. Um, not that I'm not now, but then, I don't know, with time, you just end up peeling back to just being yourself, I guess. <laughs> well, they, they say the best ones are yourselves turned up to 11. So yeah, I think right. you've got that to a T. Like, yeah, because when, again, the time I met you, you had a glittery hat on and, like, just the most chilled out person. I've been trying to get you on this podcast for ages. I just didn't know how to go about it. So I'm going to stop, like, sucking up to you. No, no. 
Um, the last thing I actually ask is where people can find you and if you've got any merch. So any shows coming up, social medias, and any merch people can get a hold of. Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you what shows i got coming up here. Uh, 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 I will be at Slam Masters with the best wrestler ever, the Headbutt Messiah T.K. Cooper on the 5th of September in Wales. <laughs> Somewhere in the country. Um... Kamikaze on September 10th in a big main event scramble tag match that you should not miss. EWA defending the long-awaited undefended championships of the world for tag team wrestling alongside the Headbutt Messiah, Sunshine Machine versus the Phoenix Jody Flash and Johnny Storm. Um, and yeah, there'll be some other good stuff in there as well. There's some things... I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say and not say, actually. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, um, better safe than sorry. Then you can find um, my merch, our merch, at sunshinemachinerules.bigcartel.com. Uh, hopefully PayPal hasn't booted me out again. And you can find me on at Chuck Mambo on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Um, that's that's everything I ask and this has been a very unique interview so thank you for being part of the podcast yeah. uh, well thanks a bundle for having me on man it's been an absolute blast yeah it's been great um, thank you to everyone that listened uh, thank you for being a part of the podcast